Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode number 103. And today we are talking about the six steps to get you started on any food safety project. Okay, these steps are going to underpin all the work we're doing for the next 100 episodes. Get out a pen and paper, folks. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Development Institute podcast, where we serve up truth so that you can build the profitable, sustainable food business you've always dreamed of. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. Hey, Dr. P, coming to you here uh, live from the new office (laughs) for episode 103 for the SFBDI podcast. And um, I'm super excited about this. We've got lots of good stuff to cover in the next 100 episodes. And we are uh, getting ourselves going. And I want to talk to you about project planning. Uh, So one of the things that people come to me about is project planning and what... um, not only for, you know, not only for our, our slaughter systems and our cut and wrap systems and charcuterie systems and things like that, like the facilities that we help people get together. Um, they come to us, you know, of course, for HACCP planning and, and documentation and all that good sort of stuff. But what do they really come to us for, right, is organizing the chaos. <laughs> so what and one of the gifts that I bring to local food is, is I don't I just I guess maybe I just don't see the chaos or I see it differently or I don't define it as chaos. So if you're feeling like, oh, my God, I'm completely overwhelmed and I don't know what to do with this is the podcast for you, because whatever problem you are trying to solve in your business, whether it's a listeria positive or you've got salmonella in your finished product or you've got employees who aren't coming to work, there is a process to do it. And it is six super easy steps. And um, I want you to take notes. I will probably have this available as a freebie sometime soon. So poke your head on over to the proofing box uh, on Facebook if you have not already. And I will, uh, I'll probably have that freebie up. We just got to get it graphically designed because for some reason, none of the people I work with think that just having Word documentation out there is good enough. We got to get it graphically designed so it looks pretty. Because we're, I, you know, I tell you, I'm all about looks pretty. Actually, I say that. Um, we have a, we have a saying around here about how we do our documentation, how we do our facilities, and everything, and it is functional, durable, and beautiful. Uh, so I will tell you what I'm about to present to you is both functional, durable, and uh, eventually beautiful. I think it's beautiful, but that's because I think the ideas are beautiful. Apparently, it has to look beautiful, too. Our our lockers do look beautiful. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, so if you're not, a, if you haven't joined us over on the proofing box, go do that. And then this is, you know, <clears throat> the idea of organizing the chaos starts with the idea that when things are feeling overwhelmed and chaotic, you can always know that that's kind of a choice in your own head. Um, it That chaos feels super real. I, I know it really, really does, but it doesn't have to be super real. And you can create a different 
choice. <laughs> but in order to do that, you've just got to recognize the chaos. You know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fond of saying, like, if I just recognize what's going on, my brain can deal with the rest. And I think that's really, really true. If you just recognize that you're kind of overwhelmed, that's truly the first step and your brain will just organize the rest, you know. Um, and what we're going to do on the podcast today is talk about those six different steps to get you started. Okay. You may have to start feeling overwhelmed. You know, there's this idea, you know, people come to me and they're like, Hey my God, Dr. P you have everything all together and you got, you get so much done. And I, and I do, I mean, I really do get a lot of things done. You know, I, the reason I was late to today's podcast is because I closed on my house in Maine this morning and that was slightly unexpected. And it was two weeks before we thought we were going to do it which is all good, believe me, but you know, sometimes we gotta adjust fire, but notice I'm showing up anyway, right? I'm organizing myself and I'm showing up anyway. So I could dive into chaos around this and feel really out of control and sit here and like go on to Facebook and go on to Instagram and see how my posts are doing and all that sort of stuff. Nope, I'm not doing it. I had, I like, I think I had two sales calls, uh, right? Because I had somebody who's like, oh my God, I got to talk to you about a locker. Um, and we're, you know, getting that stuff quoted. And I know that even though I think I started 20 minutes late or no, actually I was going to do this at the top of the last hour. So I started like 50 minutes late. The content is still going to get out there. It's all going to be okay. And when you're feeling super overwhelmed, truly the pre-step is to take a deep breath know that you've got this and it's all going to be okay. And that's what I'm kind of here to help you do. All right. And so the question is then, what is step one? This is, so this is a six step project to get you started on anything in food safety. And step one is the way we start everything around here. Okay. We've done the pre-steps and we've decided we're going to like put down the chaos and the overwhelm and be like, okay, I know that's there. It'll always be there. We're just going to do the work anyway. Right. I want you to gather your team. <laughs> Food safety, running a business, all of it, it's a team sport, no matter who you define your team to be, okay? It can be an in-person team, it can be an online team. You know, I have, I'm working on, um, and I, I can't wait to like bring this announcement, but we're working on a really great product where it's all the documentation, completely 100% electronically delivered. You have access to it for the rest of your life, okay? And we're figuring out how to do this so it's like consumable, I guess, by our um, by the clients, right? Which is you. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be rolling out super, super soon. You're going to hear a lot about that in the coming quarter. And what was really important is, is that I didn't do all the thinking by myself. Okay. I talked to my coach. Um, I talked to a, uh, a woman who I, who was like a, a professional colleague who's an educational expert. Um, and she and I have very similar target markets. And we had a deep, deep discussion about what does it look like to, um, as people who are deeply, deeply good at school, uh, um, and really love learning. And it's like, give me an hour and a half webinar. And I'm like, yay. So most people not like that, <laughs> but she's like that. But like her, our target market, uh, is not people who deeply love an hour and a half webinar. I think if I did an hour and a half podcast, I'd have like three people listening to it, right? Um, and the idea of 
creating things in consumable chunks, I got from talking to her. I got from talking to Jessica, who's who's um, now working with me and my husband, Andrew. And we've, you know, like there's this whole team around this new product that is gonna, I mean, it's gonna change everything really about um, how we, how we do um, documentation and stuff and get ready for audits. But it wasn't just me, okay? Whatever problem you're solving, it can't just be you showing up to the problem for most of them. And this has, this has not only the benefit of relieving you of the burden of doing all the work, it also will have the benefit of like having a better product, more brains, not an infinite number of brains, but more brains and more people shooting ideas back and forth around how are we gonna love and serve our customer? How are we gonna make something functional, durable, and beautiful, which is what we ask around here. More people asking those sorts of deep questions as you go to solve problems in your business will make a better business. Okay, so that's step one is form your team. This is the exact same thing on writing um, vulnerability assessments, doing biodefense plans, doing any sort of food safety plan, form your team first. Okay, and so then the next thing that I want you to do is I want you to describe the problem that you are solving. Um, okay, and I know this sounds really, uh, I don't know, like, again, maybe pedantic or, 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 obvious so maybe this describe the problem that you're solving okay are you writing an sop are you writing a HACCP plan are you getting an audit are you dealing with an employee are you dealing with the shipment are you dealing like you know we got big problems we got little problems all these sorts of things you know describe like describe your problem what the heck's going what the heck is going on and then, so that's step two. So we're gonna, you're gonna gather your problem solving team. This presumes that you have a problem that's big enough to be solved by team. Not all problems need to be solved by team, though more do than you probably think. Your team is going to describe the problem because everybody's gonna have a different perspective and that's good, okay? And then I want you to describe for whom are you solving this problem, right? You you get a knowy, a notice of enforcement action um, because you had a misknock, you are solving a problem for your future clients and for the USDA. You're not solving a problem for your marketing department. Okay, you, so you gotta be super clear on who's getting your solution, no matter what it is. If you're writing an SOP, you are solving a problem for your frontline workers by and large, or you're solving a problem for your sales staff. So today, you know, we got a whole bunch of people in the office and we're gonna write sales SOPs. I'm solving a problem for the sales team and I'm solving a problem for my customers so that they're not confused when they buy, right? Who are you solving your problem for? You'll notice this is a lot like who's your food for. So these first three steps almost precisely mirror the HACCP planning process. Gather your team, okay? Describe your food and describe your target customer, okay? It's so gonna do the same thing. Here we are gathering our team, describing the problem we are solving, and describing for whom we are solving the problem. Okay, now, one of two things is going to happen here. You and your team are all going to say, okay, I can see some really obvious solutions, so now we're going to process flow diagram how to solve this problem. Alrighty, and this is a great step number four. 
And I want you to ask yourself a couple of three questions. What's the result that you're trying to create? And then you're going to work backwards from that. Okay, so say you have an employee problem. I don't know, employees coming in late or no call, no shows. What's the problem? What like what are you actually what's the result that you're looking for? A lot of times we solve problems front to back instead of back to front. And then we're surprised when we don't get the result that we want. We get some other result because we didn't plan for getting the results that we needed. So when I do food safety planning and I say, what do you make and how do you make it? The first question is always, what do you make? Because I need to know what the end result is. Because it's a very different process from making, I don't know, lamb prosciutto than it is from making hamburgers, right? So I need to know what the end product is. It's the same thing. Like, what's the end product that you are trying to make? Is it on-time workers? Is it a, you know, a functional SOP system, programs-based food safety, has it plant, whatever it is, what's the end result that you are looking for? It will probably be in the realm of facilities, people or process, because those are all the results that we get. We get facilities, people, and process results um, in sort of a narrow scope. In a broader scope, we get other results in, in wealth and community um, and um, relationships. You know, like those are lots of different ways to, to, to slice looking at results, okay? And you're going to... Um, what you're going to do then in this process flow diagramming is after you determine what result you're trying to create, you're going to just start writing out each step. Okay. And there is going to be a place where you say, I don't know. And I don't want you to let, I don't know, stop you. Okay. If you had a magic wand, what solution would present itself? If money was no object, what would solution would present itself? If you did know the answer to the question, what would it be? Okay, if you could ask me, what do you think I would say the answer is? That's one of my favorite things. Like, pretend I'm sitting there in the room with you, uh, right? Or find me on Facebook and I'll answer your question. Um, but pr pretend I'm sitting there and ask yourself, what would Dr. P say? I have tons of people who do that and then kind of come back to me and say, hey, what do you think of this? And then I either say, yeah, that's a great idea or um, maybe we'll try something else, right? Mm. Um, and then what you got to do is you got to write out each step so that someone who isn't you could actually solve the problem. Okay, that's true of every SOP that you write, every HACCP plan, whatever problem that you're solving. Because if you're higher up in the organization, the last thing you want to be doing is keeping solving the same problem over and over and over because that is a waste of your time. That is not the highest and best use of you. Okay, so if you can't get SOPs written because nobody has a process, well, one, I just wrote out a pro I just like diagrammed out a process for you. But two, I want you to make that process repeatable and scalable, Ugh, right? Have people listen to the podcast. That can be an SOP. You have a new problem to solve, go listen to Dr. P's episode 103, do her process, then come back to me and um, let's see what else uh, See what else you need, okay? So those are the first four steps. You're gonna gather your team, describe the problem that you're solving, describe for whom you are solving the problem, all right? You're gonna describe the process as very best you can of solving the problem. It may not be 100% and that doesn't matter because step five is, is you gotta go implement. So, so put time on your calendar to get the job done. And then when the time comes, do it no matter what. No matter what. You got to show up and do it. Whatever the problem is, you got to show up and do it. Okay? 
And then there's one sixth and final step. And this one is super important. You've got to improve for the next time. So we're going to ask the three questions. In addressing this problem, what worked? What didn't work? And what are you going to do differently next time? Okay. Now there's one other tool I want to put in your tool belt for problem solving, whether, you know, in all the different ways that we've talked about, HACCPs, SOPs, facilities, people, programs, whatever it is. Okay. When you have a problem and you don't know how to solve it, I want you to break it down using the Strive protocol that I've talked about here on the web, on, on, on the podcast. And I want you to ask yourself the following eight questions. The S in Strive stands for safe. Are people, the first question of safe is, is are people physically safe to solve this problem? Okay, in coronavirus, I want you to ask that question very deeply. Are people feeling physically safe to come to your environment? The answer may be no. They might worry about it. They might have small children at home. They might have, they might, I know people who are not coming to work because they worry about the older butchers in the facility um, and that because they have a spouse at home that's a nurse. You know, so somebody doesn't want to go to work because they don't want to potentially expose one of their coworkers to coronavirus. You got to be super honest about how people do and do not feel physically safe at work. Because if they don't feel physically safe at work, we got to solve that problem first. Next, do people feel financially safe? Okay, this comes in a lot of different iterations, but do people feel financially safe? Are they trying to save you money? Are they trying to save themselves money? Are they afraid the customers are going to go away and take their money with them? Like, what are the levels of financial insecurity? Then the, um, the third S question, the third safety question is, is are people emotionally safe? Okay. Um, I have worked in places where people get to work late because... Um, if they don't leave the house at a certain time, they will get beaten by their spouses. And that time is not compatible with being on time to work. All right, so you never know what's going on in people's lives. That's a pretty extreme case, but um, you never know. You just truly never know. And so what does it look like? Are people safe for, um, emotionally safe to fix this problem? Are you emotionally safe? to fix a problem? Are you feeling emotionally safe to go confront somebody who you need to confront? You may not be. All you have to do is record the answer. Remember, just bringing awareness to what's stopping you is incredibly productive. Then the T in Strive stands for trained. Are people trained to solve this problem? They may be, they may not be. You know, I got training coming out my ears. Um, and so always come to the proving box and ask questions about training because if I don't have the training, I know somebody who does. The R stands for respected. Are people respected in your environment to solve this problem? <clears throat> Do you respect yourself to solve this problem? What does respect in your facility, in your business look like? The I in Strive stands for invested. Have you invested the time, talent, and treasure to solve this problem? Okay, I find a lot of times people are totally willing to throw money at a problem. They throw money at me and expect me to solve their problems without doing the work, you know, without management putting in the time and without putting the talent, the intellectual talent uh, towards problem solving. You need time, talent, and treasure in that order most of the time, right? Do I like the, the money coming at me first? Sure, but I don't like the money coming at me if you're unwilling to spend the time and assign the talent to get the job done. 
The V in Strive stands for value. Do you value solving this problem? Not every problem do you have to value solving equally and just be super, super honest with yourself. And you may continue to have the problem if you don't value solving it. And you may decide that nothing's going wrong here and that is okay. So that's that. Next, um, the E stands for empowered. Are you empowered to stand in fear, discomfort, and failure? Right, so going back to that process flow diagramming and writing out what you think your process is for solving the program, the problem, you know, and this doesn't have to be really massive, you know, it's usually like, like I just write things out so I'm pretty clear on them. Um, but are you empowered to stand in fear, discomfort, and failure? Are you, are, 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 are you letting people, yourself or other people, go out and try something and see if it works and be okay if it doesn't? Right, within bounds, of course, but, um, that's, I mean, a lot of times we don't do shit because we're afraid to fail. Are you like, maybe not, like, what would it look like if you approached your food safety projects in a way that, that you would be okay with failure, knowing that we can catch most problems? Please don't fail at the end of the day to clean up your facility. That's not failing, that's quitting ahead of time. But really giving it your all, right? And trying a new way of cleaning and then blowing high on your ATP tester. Okay, that's not failing. That, that's not quitting ahead of time. That might actually be a really worthy fail. Allow yourself worthy fails when you, fought, when, when you put in um, projects together, right? When you put your food safety plan together, allow for worthy failure. Don't just quit ahead of time and you'll get anything and everything done. All right. That's what we got for the podcast today. I love you all. You're completely amazing. And I will uh, see you guys next week. Thanks all. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to join us in the Proving Box, a private Facebook page for food producers filled with valuable information and technical tips. Grow your business by learning from people just like you, all under the guidance of a food safety expert.